We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. He's a Yuma County uh, supervisor. He knows this area so well, and he visited with us yesterday. We went into the air-conditioned vehicle and had a great conversation. Continuing the Mike Gallagher Show and our visit to the Arizona-Mexico border. And wow, what an experience this has been. What an eye-opener. Jonathan Lyons is known as Johnny Yuma. And uh, nobody knows Yuma County, Arizona, like the uh, former GOP state party chair. Jonathan, to see this with my own eyes is something I didn't expect. Literally, the moment we pulled up, we watched families, presumably families, young people, older people, teenagers, walking right by us 10, 20 feet away. This is this whole process is pretty much down to a science, isn't it? Absolutely. It's a well-coordinated effort, and you've got people coming across. Yesterday's numbers were just shy of 580 people coming across. Um, the daily average has been about 500, but this area is highly controlled and regulated by the cartels. Uh, they're indifferent as to what they are smuggling across the border, and these people are 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 being trafficked. Um, they're flying in to Cancun you know, on a round-trip ticket, supposedly going on vacation, and then ending up in Mexicali, taking an Uber or a bus over here, uh, crossing the border on dry land, uh, turning themselves in, and within 72 hours they're free to do what they want to do. I have to ask Johnny Yuma. I mean, you, you love this city. You love this town. You love this community. What does it mean to you personally to see this crisis in your own backyard? It's a little bit of a struggle. Um, I'm a county supervisor here as well. Um, we are always, or we have always been at the forefront of some of the border issues. National security is incredible, incredibly important to us here. We have a military base. We uh, have two military bases, in fact. You know, the military readiness is incredibly important. We have bombing ranges. They are unable to practice when you have people coming across the border because those ranges parallel here. Food safety is also important. That's a national security issue. We've got these people walking through fields. The farmers um, have had E. coli outbreaks in the past. That's something they are incredibly uh, concerned about. So far, January this year to yesterday, we've had 144 different nationalities cross here into uh, Yuma, Arizona, to go wherever they want in the U.S. Sheriff Wilmot shared a story of... One of his best friends, a sheriff from Idaho, who lost his, whose niece uh, was killed by a drunk illegal alien over the weekend. He was driving a semi and he T-boned a 22-year-old young man. I understand that in some of these countries there is want, incredible want, incredible desperation, and that they are coming here looking for uh, a new life. It's a socioeconomic migration. Um, however, the policies that were in place before January 20th remaining, or Jan, yeah, January 20th remaining in place, you know, seeking asylum, those were working. But they're not being enforced. Uh, but they're not being enforced anymore. Um, and the the border is open. It's very porous. 
our concern is what are the intentions of the other people, the people who are not turning themselves in. Uh, so far in Arizona, up to 78,000 people. We don't know who they are. We don't know where they went. And we don't know what their intentions are. Having said that, and I'm with you, you and I are a couple of law and, for, law and, law and order guys. We're Republicans. We, we were Republicans for a reason. There, it, it, it's impossible to sort of erase the human toll and the humanity of watching, as I just watched, a couple um, looks like a, looked like a husband and wife, although we know many times they use children to um, as decoys and as mules, uh, the whole process of uh, mules that spirit children across the border. But a man, woman, a little boy, couldn't have been more than four or five years old, holding their hands. The, the, the dad is drenched in sweat. Of course, it's hot here. I'm drenched in sweat, and I'm by the, the, the SUVs. We finally hit 101, Mike. So 101 in honor of Gallagher's visit to the border. But it's impossible for all of us to avoid that, that, that humanity, the emotion you feel when you see a little child. He was smiling, looking over at us, and the, 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 the couple looked determined. They know what they're going to do. They got the papers in their backpack. Speak. As a as a conservative, as a Republican, as a Yuma County um, resident, what a supervisor, what that feels like to see these children who are, frankly, have out of no choice of their own, are sort of in the middle of this mess. So I'm going to go one step further. I'm the chairman of the local community food bank, and we service about 19 different NGOs who rely upon us uh, to assist in providing the sustenance for the people that are coming across. Um, and with the ebb and flow of migration during 2019, we completely uh, erased everything that we had in our uh, storehouse. Um, this time, we were a little bit more prepared. Uh, USDA has actually sent us extra stuff, but we're still providing assistance to the NGOs, uh, seeing the unaccompanied minors come across. So far in the Yuma sector, to date, over 3,000 unaccompanied minors. But specifically those are the ones that we've been able to catch we have in this county over 3,000 that we have not been able to determine who they are what their intentions were and where they're going so we're concerned about trafficking let's talk to that about that for just a moment because you shared with me earlier how there was um, spotter? a spotter and not only a spotter but also what you found in the brushy area things uh, items that were discarded explain that whole process so oftentimes as a form of payment that they will extract from some of these young women uh, they are abused and uh, raped raped and we've been down on the border um, with Congressman Biggs and a number of other uh, members from the delegation and found lots of packages of Plan B uh, that were administered to the people who had been raped. Uh, there is an area over here um, that's called the Rape Tree where they tie these people up. So it's a vicious uh, and sick, perverted group of people that are facilitating uh, these people um, being trafficked and coming across. That's the kind of evil that a lot of well-meaning Americans don't seem to recognize. Well, we need to we need to try to extend. Uh, you know, give us your tired, your 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 yearning to breathe free. This is not that. No, uh, there was a story in the AP about three. Uh, sorry, about six weeks ago. It talked about in the LA basin, 45 percent of the manual labor was undocumented. So. Mike, these people are processed. They're not supposed to be in custody for longer than 72 hours. They get out. Oftentimes, the people who are trafficking them take away their papers, and then they become a, an indentured servant to repay that seven to $10,000 that they've committed to for coming across. 
uh, but they're paying rent to these people. They're they continue to be trafficked and to be taken advantage of. And well-meaning people don't necessarily understand what's happening. I saw a man, as I'm looking across this uh, very narrow sliver of the Colorado River, and I saw a guy under some trees. Uh, He's described as a spotter. Explain what the spotter does. So the spotter is sitting there waiting, and he will trickle people across. So as we're seeing this large group, so there are 27 people in this group that came across in a period of about 15 minutes from the time that we went down to the end of the wall and came back, right? So what's happening while Border Patrol has four units tied up right here in other areas of the border, that's when you have the criminal element, the bad actors smuggling the drugs and or the dangerous people coming across. Right. And that's what people don't understand. The cartel is heavily invested in this process. They do not care what they're smuggling. And they use the exact same mechanism or, or routes that they've established to smuggle drugs to smuggle these people. But now they're exploiting these open areas of the border where construction is stopped. We spoke to a couple of the federal contractors last week. They were told to stand down by the Army Corps of Engineers as of last Monday. Um, so we've got all of this fence that's constructed, ready to be erected, sitting on the ground, while our border remains open. You ran the, uh, the, the state party. Uh, you're the GOP chair here in Arizona. I got to ask you a question about politics. I got to ask you about the lady who has been appointed the border czar, Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States. 61 days now, she hasn't even held a press conference over her role as a border czar, and she certainly hasn't visited the border, this border czar. That's got to be driving you crazy. It's, uh, it's frustrating just because if people will come here, I don't care who they are. We appreciate Senator Kelly coming to look. Um, They see and understand what we're up against. And if they understood some of the mechanisms and some of the trafficking that's involved and how it really affects these people, they are slaves and indentured servants. When Senator Kelly came, incidentally, we can connect these dots. Senator Kelly has been pretty, pretty uh, clear, very clear on his belief about this is a crisis. This is an absolute crisis, and I really appreciated Senator Kelly's supporting Governor Ducey's declaration to send National Guardsmen at the expense of the state doing the federal job to help Border Patrol because we need badges at the border. We need this frontline defense of uh, the green the green guys, the guys dressed in the green uniforms here, to secure this border. It's, it's uh, something that every American ought to see. I'm grateful that through your hospitality and Congressman Biggs and, of course, 960, the Patriots, Seth Leaps, and everybody here, they, uh, they welcome me here to see this with my own eyes because I'm going to have a lot, a lot of stories to share when I get back to the microphone. Thank you, Jonathan. You keep fighting the good fight. You're very welcome. Thanks for coming, Mike. If everyone could see this, well, that's uh, why we brought the show to Arizona to share with you. I know there are people listening to this show in America. Some who've had no idea what's really going on here. Uh, so what a great opportunity to put the uh, the spotlight, an unwanted spotlight. This is not this is not the kind of transparency the Biden administration wants. Isn't it also amazing how how different the issue of transparency was between the Trump administration and this one? <laughs> they won't even let Biden answer questions. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. 
This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. The media today has a profound credibility problem. I recently interviewed Jane Coaston of the New York Times. She was candid in her answers to a long string of my questions about her intuitions about the views and votes of the Manhattan Beltway media elites. Coaston assumes exactly what the vast majority of Donald Trump voters believe. The news media is, as I like to say, far, far, far left and an extension of the Democratic Party. Some years ago, longtime Washington Post reporter, now with the New York Times, Thomas Edsel, told me that Democrats outnumbered Republicans in newsrooms by a margin of between 15 and 25 to 1. That was in 2006. Judging by Coaston's guesses, the margin has gotten even more lopsided today. This isn't a plea for fairness. It's a plea for change. Hire 100 more Coastons and demand the same sort of rigorous candor and disclosure from them about their views, and trust will rebuild. It's the denial of deep bias that is cancerous. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.